0: I'm supposed to say we're live. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There we go. Cool. Professionalism. Justin's back. Um, we don't have Joe, but that's okay. We're just playing like what is it? Musical chairs with uh, with the podcast, yes. and then we have um, Des Nagel, our guest. Uh, hi. Hello, everyone. We have we have a new token British guy. Yeah. <laughs> It's fantastic. Um, cool. So Des is, uh, he is a very interesting guy who I happen to work with for those listening that don't know who he is. Uh, Des and I are partners in get good drums. Um, our bands have toured together. He is the songwriter guitar player for the band. Good tiger. He has his own solo project called former wrestlers. He is a really creative human being, um, Very talented with video, design, music, business, a lot more, um, and has a lot of really, really painful fucking tattoos all over his body.
1: Uh, Can I get you to do my PR in general? That was a a nice introduction. Thank you.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I (laughs) one for Joe last week, and he was really happy with it, too. I I should just be the hype man (laughs) for everybody. I told Joe he needs to clip that out as a video testimonial.
1: He should, <laughs> yeah. Just to people when he meets them. Just here you go. This guy yeah. said this nice thing about me.
2: So this could is you smart. do people who you don't know? <laughs> well, I'm sorry. <laughs> just like really, yeah. Just like really, you know, put it on.
0: I could. I mean, it, yeah. I just, I, I, like when I meet people, I'll just be like, send me like bullet points about you, and I'll I'll figure out how to word it the right way and spin it. Just add uh, some
2: extra things in there. Yeah. I mean, I'd it's all
0: doing. shit. Joe is totally. Talentless and Des, a <laughs> <the> hack. So <laughs> I mean, if they'd be nothing without me saying there's something, you know. And then there's Jordan. And then there's Jordan, who
3: I'm uh, existing in this white nothingness right now.
0: <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, you are. You're like floating in a in a just dude. White you look face. and you've got your cloud shirt on. Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, so Des, what's interesting is you were living in in DC. Um, with your wife for her job, basically, for a while. Mm -hmm. And then you relocated to Arizona, very small town in Arizona, right as things kind of went to shit with the world and this pandemic. Um, And what's interesting was, I think, at first, you were not really looking forward to being isolated um, geographically, you know, where you were moving. And it ended up kind of being a very uh, serendipitous thing because being isolated right now is kind of like the best case scenario. So you and I have have talked a lot about how we're dealing with this and specific aspects of it. Um, But I'm curious sort of now that we're well into this on a personal level, geographically and just your day to day, like how you are feeling um, right
1: now. Um, yeah, to be honest with you, there are days where I'm not going to say that I forget that it's happening, but specifically where I am and how my life was before, which was um, to kind of set the scene. Like I've lived in cities, specifically grew up in London, lived in D.C., and now living in a very small town. That was a huge adjustment for me. Um, and now coming into the situation where I was already adjusting and kind of like changing my perspective on what I was capable of handling. Um, My life really hasn't changed that much uh, in, in terms of like from February where I think we were on the cusp of like, maybe being aware of what was going on on a larger kind of level. Like I think I know that I remember I first heard about this probably like either the very beginning of January or end of December, but always keeping it as this thing of like, it's, super far away it's not going to affect us it's just one of those headlines that you read in the news and will disappear and you'll never hear about it again um and then yeah coming back to to my new home after like a a holiday at the very beginning of um of 2020 and just being like well my life is going to be in isolation and then I have kind of moved into it and as I say genuinely other than like going through a brief kind of moment every morning where i'm like my my nasal passage is uh blocked and i have a sore throat and i'm dying uh, other than that kind of brief freak out every morning uh life is pretty normal to be honest with you and i, I almost feel weird in saying that because if i put myself back into any of the other locations that i've ever lived in before the idea of being in a big city without having the facilities of using that city it's kind of a very odd thought um and or, you know, kind of like go to that point further is that where I am right now, land is super cheap. We have like a a house for less than we were renting for an apartment in DC. Uh, And all of these kind of things have just kind of lined up to be like, well, I'd rather be here right now doing this, like this lifestyle than being in a smaller kind of like living environment. And then also not actually having the benefit of being in a city and having all these negatives associated with it as well. It's like, the population of where I am is like 200,000 and you put yourself into DC and it's like, you might have 200,000 in a square mile or, you know, a very, very small space. So it's just kind of, um, there's definitely a lot of benefits and it's funny. Like I speak to a lot of my friends who are like, you're living the dream. And I'm like, well, you're saying that now If in any other situation, you wouldn't want to be where I am. Um, but yeah, I I, I kind of feel like I prepared for this before it was even a thing.
0: Yeah. Well, and I remember us <clears throat> talking at length about it even before you made the move. And it was definitely something that you were just trying to wrap your head around, you know, like, OK, I, psyching yourself up for getting into this sort of lifestyle. And again, I mean, it's it is very much um, ironic and, and and in a good way serendipitous as I said before that now you are in this situation and you kind of get to just be there and you don't have to worry about those other things um and I think about too so uh Justin and Jordan when Des was in DC we would Des and I would get together weekly for meetings for for forget good drums and I mean our favorite thing to do was to go out and eat you know to find good restaurants to go eat and do our work and I think most of the time it was just like an excuse to go to like a good restaurant and uh and sit there for longer than we should but at the same time um you know that was one of the things that I was like man like that that FaceTime was very productive we we did manage to get a lot done in those moments and I was sort of I think personally thinking about okay well We're going to have to figure out new ways to be productive since we can't actually meet in person, which does, you know, you don't, I guess it doesn't seem like it would be that much more important. But I think getting the FaceTime really is, you know, you really get a lot done in person with somebody when there's that intense focus. So uh, anyway, point being, despite you being there, if you had stayed in D.C., we wouldn't be getting together anyway. Um, So we would have been resorting to what we're doing now, which is having FaceTime chats and discussing things, you know, in a different way, face to face, without the meals that we were eating, which arguably is probably better because we were kind of eating like shit. Uh, <laughs> but it was now, so good, though. It was so good. <laughs> but now we're eating really healthily. Both, I mean, both of us are. All of us, I would imagine, are, are, are doing good with that. So, um, Des, I've. I've gone to you much like I've gone to these guys in the context of this podcast. I've gone to you in some of my moments where I'm like in my head, definitely not in a good place with the state of things. Um, And you've been a very good sounding board for getting me to relax, I think, and like think about it from a different perspective. You have recommended some good books to check out. Um, You know, I, I, one of the questions that we've had a lot Um, which we've been really kind of prompting with every guest is like, what has been your thing um, to keep you in a good headspace during this time when you do, even if it's on a small level, you wake up in the morning and you say, oh, my nose is stuffy and my throat hurts. Oh, shit. Um, How do you get out of that mode? And do you have you developed a sort of quarantine routine um, that you are now following that maybe is different than what you were doing or what you would do normally
1: so there are definitely things that i'm finding to be um grounding i think to be honest with you kind of going back to this whole in terms of the timeline of everything i really do feel like i have had a head start of being able to get myself into the right kind of headspace to deal with something like this because i was on a much much lesser extent and obviously now looking back it seems like, why did I ever like why should why was I complaining about this kind of like change of um environment essentially? Because that was it made me very uncomfortable, and I think I went through um a lot of different stages in, in that of an, initially just like essentially trying to find other routes to stop that move from happening, and like then slowly kind of accepting it and then it, trying to prepare myself mentally of like, well, I'm not going to have. You know, I only lived in D.C. for two years, and um, I at least knew people who lived near nearby. So, like, the lack of friends, it's like, okay, cool. So, I'm not going to have many friends where I am, In the, like, to kind of paint the picture again of where I am. It's, like, in the middle of San Diego and Phoenix. I know some people in each location, but not, like, super close friends. So, it's kind of like, I am going to be very isolated. So, that was, like, the first thing of, like, preparing myself. I'm quite a social person. I'll try and meet up with friends at least, you know. Once or twice a week or however you know often um, is allowable for any given situation. Um, I travel a lot, all these things which that, that's the one thing which has definitely been a big change is not being able to travel. and that was I think um, just something to touch on real quick is that uh, I think I was quite resistant initially uh, to accept that this pandemic was going to affect my life personally because I'd already made like this concession elsewhere. So we, Matt and I were supposed to be going to the UK to go and do a session, which we ended up having to pers- not postpone, but we were like, we'll we'll figure it out. And we were constantly changing plans literally every day as things were unfolding. And this was early March or end, end of February. And I remember Matt made a decision. He was like, I'm definitely not going to go this, you know, personal reasons which were going <laughs> on. I can't do this. And I was like, I'm still going to go. Like, I don't care. Like not, no, I don't care about anybody else or it's just like, almost like false stoicism is the way i kind of think about it It it's like i was just going to be like no i'm head down i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead with this and i don't want to be um kind of stopped by my environment to say that you can't and then i think as i thought about it more and more i was like well actually no wait this is unbelievably selfish and it was i never actually did anything selfish but even thinking like no that i'm just going to go ahead and do this anyway trying to like compartmentalize it and like i'm going to be fine on the flight and i'm just going to go to this house real quick and then i'm going to go into a studio it's like i'm not causing any harm it's like no that's exactly the kind of thinking which is super negative for um for the essentially everyone else around you um and i had it was it was not essential like if it was essential then fine but um it definitely wasn't essential so that i think at that point that was when i started to kind of get into the headspace of like just i suppose more so acceptance of of everything um not just where i was living but also the fact that i have little to no control over how i can really impact my life on a like choice basis of certain choices are being taken away from you and you can either be angry about that or have a level of of acceptance and i think i got that pretty quickly um and in all honesty the things that i'm grateful for right now are that I'm still able to work which is ensuring that I can kind of keep some productivity and focus every day when I wake up I know I have something to go and do which is huge um, and then another one which I wasn't really able to do in DC just because I didn't have the facilities to do so was cooking so now like I love food and I love coffee and love like that area of like my life was definitely diminished by moving to where I am by comparison like there's not as many options Um, so I kind of took it upon myself before, again, before all this happened to say, well, I'm going to, you know, essentially figure out how I can still enjoy those things without necessarily having the usual kind of, uh, crutches to lean on in that kind of way. So cooking has been a huge one, like making a big focus of like, I'm going to make a complicated meal. I'm not just going to rush this like process, but actually think about what ingredients are going to go into it. How can I improve on this next time? Like make it a, an event. Rather than just like a necessity, which I think we've all been in when you're super busy, food is a utility more than it is an enjoyment at times because you just need to do it rather than have to do it. Um, so yeah, really taking the time to kind of like enjoy that aspect of the day. And again, similarly, like because of the situation I was in, I'm probably talking to a lot of friends of mine who live all over the world more than I normally would because they're now put into situations which have stopped their day to day life having worked at home or worked freelance, I'm kind of used to this lifestyle. Um and now, as I say, now it's more just a case of like, oh, now this person like wants to talk at 630 my time, but 630 in the morning my time, but it might be, you know, their afternoon in the UK or in Europe. So just having like the opportunity to talk to friends maybe more regularly than I was anticipating. Um so in terms of it like just an actual routine, it's it's kind of how i've lived for a while let's say it just like in 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 that kind of way um and just being grateful again that i am able to continue doing that rather than i've got plenty of friends of mine who have had to essentially just stop all kind of um progress in in their businesses or in their work life or social life or whatever it might be and i'm kind of that hand has been forced upon me as as matt has kind of rightfully said but just being able to kind of just accept that and go actually this is working out and this year is probably going to go a lot quicker than i was again i was anticipating in the first place whether i say this in a, a month from now is a different question obviously we don't know where we're going to be and how things are going to be but um right now I, I i will say that it's just been somewhat business as usual which i don't think many people necessarily have the uh the grace of saying right now.
0: Yeah, well, and to, so something that that I think, obviously Justin can relate to himself, but also with Carly, um, you know, your wife, Des Kelsey is going out to work. I mean, she still has to go into work every day. Um, you know, has yeah, that <laughs> been a little bit different? I mean, because you're dealing with other factors now that uh, maybe maybe that is the big difference it's like you you still were going to be where you are you still were going to be isolated to some degree but Kels going to work wasn't really a big deal it's like oh see you later come home now there's another factor um and I'm curious like Justin if you can relate to that too I mean from that same way but like has that been a thing definitely
1: yeah that that's for just like that's the one time where I maybe had like a moment of almost looking looking at her and being like do you have to go to work because again where we are is not really hit that hard just yet and maybe it will be but I think there's like currently 24 cases which is nothing by comparison to a lot of the U.S. or the rest of the world um, and I again selfishly was like can you just not do this because and it's like well actually me going to work is helping other people to do that and I'm like yeah but then that I'm in this bubble. I'd like to stay in this bubble, but I think I like, in all honesty, it was like a day or two of just being able to kind of just, again, take a step back uh, and and reflect on that, which I don't think, with all of these things, and I think we're going to kind of talk about the kind of processes that we go through understanding and digesting these subjects, but it's not a bad thing to kind of revert back as long as you're aware of it when you're doing
2: yeah, <clears throat> I think to, to answer the question as well, it's, um, I mean, it's actually, it's a, it's a, it's a very strange catch 22, I guess, because, it, you know, for me, most of what I feel is that it's, it's, it's really nice to be able to have something to focus on and every day when you get, a, you know, to Des's point of, um, getting up and having a focus and, and you know, even like on the weekends, me just being here when I'm trying, you know, because the, where I am is a bit newer still when I'm, when I'm trying to think of like, oh, I'm going to go work out or do something else. I still kind of fall back on this habit now of like, oh, but like every morning I wake up and I do this thing at least five days a week. I want to go check in and make sure everyone's good, you know, just check on my people. And, um, you know, I think for both of us, it's actually, uh, it's been, you know, a bit of a, a healthy moment just to have that uh, breakup of the day instead of maybe the monotony of, of, you know, people being home and trying to figure out what can they do to keep themselves occupied and busy and uh, maybe, you know, creating some kind of distance from media and all these other inputs. Um, you know, it's it's kind of nice to be able to shut all of that out and just, you know, almost in like the the stoic, kind of moments just put your head down and you go do what you know you have to go do and and what you want to go do, you know, go help people. So, yeah, although there's that um maybe that heightened sense that you that would never come with it, right? If if you know someone's your loved one's leaving to go do something essential, uh before you feel like, "Oh, that's just no big deal. It's just what the person does." And it's kind of just uh you know, business as usual. Well yeah, now there's a lot more safety precaution that goes into these things and a lot more washing of your hands and, you know, carry the PRL in your pocket and you just do everything you can to to keep it going and and try to stay healthy. And you know, that's kind of the end of it, which is yeah, you know, I think it's uh it's in it's important to just keep that perspective, but but just to be able to keep moving forward because you can't sit there and uh, work yourself up over every uh, little nuance that comes up, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's not in our best interest and it's, it's not in our, you know, in our, uh, it, it's better to have that control to just do what you yeah. need to do and, and then you just move on. Well, uh, speaking of control, you know,
0: that is something that, um, for me, for a lot of us, it's like, that's the thing that helps us feel safe is that we can control ourselves. I can control washing my hands and keeping myself in a bubble in, in certain aspects and just being very, very careful. Um, the minute that the person you live with and, and share a bed with goes and walks into a, a situation where you know, it's higher risk or they're out there just doing essential work that is required and they are exposed to more people, that control is gone. Right. Um, and that's where you have to exercise trust, right? I mean, you have to trust that that person is thinking about you and is thinking about themselves and cares about themselves enough to be as careful as you might be. Right. And that's, that's what I, you know, have, I, I even struggle with that and not on a big scale, but like, you know, if, if Natalie goes to the post office because she has to go get stamps, which is something she had to do recently. It's like, you know, I, I want to be like, OK, uh, how, how about I drive you and, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll wait in the car and I'll squirt your hands with this. And, you know, it, it's like I <laughs> you like spray do like her down, like hose her down before she yeah. got out the car. <laughs> but that's not productive either. I mean, you have to you have to have trust in in that person that they're not going to just be frivolous or irresponsible and that they will take care of themselves just like you would take care of yourself. You know, like that is the, 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 the big thing that I've, I shouldn't say the big thing, but it's something that I've had to really think about. It's like, okay, take a step back. Is this person a moron? Are they going to be dumb about this? No, relax, you know, because there is going to be a time when she goes back to work and I don't have to go to work anywhere. Right. Like I don't, I work from home and Unless I'm going on tour, I don't really have anywhere that I have to go. I can do everything in my own little box, in my own little place. So I'm going to have to really exercise that at some point. And I definitely don't want to spend any time, unnecessary time, worrying about shit that is out of my control when I should just trust the people that I'm with. So all of that is to say or to ask the question, I mean, have have either of you guys had like – um literal conversations where it's like here's the things that I expect you to do or like how are you going to protect yourself or is it just kind of like understood
1: I think I've joked around with it more so than more so than anything and that's kind of like your way yeah my way of communicating things which are like hey I'm slightly you know uh paranoid about this or anxious about this hey, I'm going to joke about it so I can say it out loud so I can always be like revert back to like this point I said it out loud you heard me it wasn't a joke it was actually very serious like whatever as in just being able to say it but like every time Kelsey come back home I'll be like wash your hands before I even say hello and it's like the repetition of it is kind of like it's not funny it's funny to me I'll laugh about it but it's just not funny to her but it's also kind of just like like I suppose almost like a nervous tick right Uh, it's a neurotic thing yeah, but it's also to remind myself because I'll find myself like coming in from like uh, like buying groceries once a week or whatever and then putting like the bags down and start to about to start like taking everything out of the bag and just put it onto wherever and like stop, just stop everything and have to like remind myself to, to make sure that you're you're not just like missing out on one particular area. Like you're being super careful over overly careful in lots of other ways and then just kind of being like "Oh, actually i'm just going to do this anyway so for example we stopped going to the dog park because people were like petting our dog and i don't want to go up to someone and be like stop touching my dog it's <laughs> like well why are you bringing him why are you bringing your dog into a public space to allow that to happen it's like well just remove yourself from the situation rather than trying to control uncontrollable elements um but again it's like it's frustrating but you can only do, you have to kind of take the precautions that you want to. What are the chances that someone touches my dog and my dog gets me sick? It's like, I don't know, but it just still makes me uncomfortable. So, yeah, I, we, I don't know. It's just that, we, we, went to this,
0: we went to this little um, dairy farm today um, to just get a couple things that we needed that's close by. And like our area in our in our zip code where we're living I don't know if there's any cases if there are it's like under eight it's like under eight cases maybe and the place that we went is even more far out in the country to where it's like there's just, it's not even on the map in terms of like any exposure anybody out there um so you kind of felt good about it and what was great was now it's required in Maryland that everybody wears masks um, if you have gloves wear gloves so anybody else who was there was protecting themselves, and that was that was great to see. Uh, but anyway, when we got home, I did a very similar thing that you just described. Like, I walked in with the bags, I put them on the counter, and I unpacked everything. And I'm like thinking to myself, should I wipe them down? And I looked at Natalie. I was like, should we wipe these down? We're really okay, right? And we both looked at each other. and We were like, yeah, but you know what? Let's just do it as a practice that we need to stick to and that way we don't have anything in the back of our minds you know um but it's just it's just it's so funny it's like it's so easy to convince yourself that like well this is fine if i do this but this isn't so we really got to be careful here when i don't know it it is a pretty even practice that you need discipline that you need to um exercise right
3: yeah yeah go ahead uh, i was gonna say I, i'm what i'm hearing in a lot of you know, the, the stories, and I think it's, it's that, that tricky line that we have to keep dancing with and figure out, obviously there's things we can do uh, definitively to control um, our exposure. Uh, and then when you start interacting with other people, we introduce this element of trust, trusting that they're doing the things they can control. But at the end of the day, this is an invisible, uh, highly infectious virus. And there's only so much that we can and others that we trust can control. And that's what causes so much just anxiety Um, and and for a lot of people panic about this thing, Um, especially those that need to go out and engage in the world. But again, I mean, whether you're getting your mail or handling groceries, I think at a certain point we got to figure out where is that line of acceptance with us? Because I'm sure there's millions of people that are just so self-consumed uh, with fear and panic and anxiety and, and, and quite literally stress within their, their physical self, um, that is only making them sicker, far sicker than maybe the, the virus would, especially if you're asymptomatic. So I, I think that's it, just one of the things that I've been hyper aware of is, because I've also had it too, where uh, the first few days, two weeks ago, it was really nice outside. I spent a lot of time outside. And then my throat started getting dry and I developed like a cough and that was probably allergies. At the same time, uh, you know, my dad was having some health issues that created a ton of anxiety and my chest was super, super tight. So I have a dry cough and my chest is tight. And obviously it's easy to think, well, I got the fucking virus, even though I wasn't really putting myself in situations where it would be that likely. So at a certain point, I I think, dancing with acceptance, uh, for the sake of our own mental health and well-being, um, it's tough. It's, it's really tough. But for me, I think it's something to be aware of because a lot of ourselves, you know, a lot of us are, um, potentially harming ourselves by, uh, by being hyper-focused on, on it because at the end of the day, we can only control so much.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Justin? Like with Carly, when she like have you guys talked about protocol and like how you're both going to protect yourselves in this situation?
2: I think uh, <clears throat> I think for the most part, from the guidelines that are out there, from like the CDC and WHO, mostly the CDC, I believe. But uh, in just thinking about those, of of you know, your best defense is is your due diligence. You know, wash your hands. Uh, whatever you do, you know, like. When I go when I if, if I go into work, you know, I'm spraying everything with Clorox, wiping everything down. I wipe handles. You know, I mean, it's like you just do everything in uh, your best interest to, to protect yourself and others. And there's that there has to be an inherent sense of trust or you go through <clears> life just with this uncertainty and uh, that can then err on an obsession that becomes so compulsively unhealthy that it that it starts to affect you to Jordan's point more than uh, you know, it does more harm than good, the worry, you know, so it's, it's, you know, I think it's the same thing when, when the package comes of the dog food, Amazon drops it off. I'm like, I'm out there with gloves and it might seem ridiculous in the normal world, but in the current state of what we're dealing with, I don't think we can really judge anyone for anything they're currently doing. You know, if you decide that the thing that's right for you and for your peace of mind is, I'm going to wash my hands. I'm going to put gloves on. I'm going to go out with a utensil. I'm going to cut it open. I'm going to place it inside out of the package, like where the contents or the inside is. It's been wrapped up for months. Dog food, as an example. I'm going to get it in the house. And then uh, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, de-glove. I'm going to wash my hands. I'm going to make sure that I wash the utensil that I use. I mean, like whatever it whatever it becomes for you right now, as long as everyone is, is uh, you know, doing the best, you know and we're trusting that that everyone around us you know no matter what who who it is is doing their best and we all should be as a society as a nation you know as a i mean everyone in the whole world should be doing this you know your due diligence make sure that you're doing everything you can to protect yourself and anyone you may come in contact with and that's the same thing for the mailman or the people delivering if you're ordering food or if you're ordering supplies or like whatever you need you know i think they're just uh, you know, in, in, for me, I just try to just think that everyone is, is trying their best to do their best, you know, and that and, and I have peace <clears> of mind with that and I'm and I'm cool with it. And as long as then I wash my hands afterwards and, you know, yeah, look, if we, if we buy like cans of something, we put them in the sink and we rinse them off, you know, just try and our best that if there is any kind of potential exposure to anything like, you know, then you just try your best to take care of it. But Yeah, you know, blurring that line and just making sure that that you're not obsessing over this stuff where then it becomes uh, this like anxiety uh, producing thing. It's just, it's just not, it's not, it's not worth it. It's not in our best interest. And then it manifests as the same thing that we're thinking, you know, the actual virus would do to us. Oh, it's all in here now. And you go, you know, what's this for? You know, and I, I think, you know, with your loved ones, Hopefully, people have really good relationships where there is already that that really, really good, uh, healthy, you know, sense of trust. And if not, I mean, that that's a whole other issue, right? <coughs> right. So, yeah, um,
1: yeah. There's a couple of things I just want to touch upon real quick. Um, I think that number one, washing cans and doing all the things that you mentioned are probably things that we should do regardless because things are covered in rat piss and warehouses are disgusting. And like, I'm just saying, like. There are so many bits of hygiene which we probably should practice just normally regardless of a pandemic and then the other thing i just wanted to talk about briefly is like matt you mentioned that um your zip code or like area doesn't have any cases currently and everyone was wearing masks for example the the one thing i would say is that both of those things are almost like good luck charms to some extent and the reason i say that is because I think the US has currently done 3 million tests, which is representative of 1% of the population. And masks, I think, have shown that even like actual medical grade ones, um, only specific ones are actually going to really. The main thing is you're not going to cough into someone else. It's not about what you might be breathing in, it's more about you containing yourself. I just think there's an element here, which is there is so much uh, misinformation, lack of information, and all these other areas that it's just like we are potentially getting very stressed about nothing in the in not to say that this virus isn't serious it's more about just how you're exposing yourself and the steps that you're doing to go and like try and fix them there is just i think overall do those things anyway do them because they're they're positive in terms of trying to be hygienic and it's only going to help but a larger thing is there just needs to be a level of acceptance of i can only control so much Um, and if you don't want to accept that then be a hermit and you know go and do the full like live in the middle of nowhere and don't interact with anyone because however much you trust someone else everyone makes mistakes and you know sometimes you'll forget to to do something not because you purposefully meant to do that but just because we're human and that's just what happens Mm -hmm. um so i just i really do think there there needs to be like at least for myself it's just something just like almost an element of I either may have had this already or I'm more than likely going to get it. And I just need to be at peace with that. And again, do your best practices to affect, to try and affect other people um, in a positive way rather than a negative one. Um, And I think that that is the main thing that like, I think is a useful thing, not just now, but just in general. I think it's, it's uh, to your
2: point, there's, there's also the element of, of, you know remembering that people can be asymptomatic so although and and to the point of we just don't have enough tests so the the safe thing to do is to err on the side of everyone has it potentially <laughs> so that that's why there's a social distance. That's why you keep the six feet distance from everyone. That's why you put on a mask. And, and to your point, you know, yeah, a surgical mask, if someone's wearing a mask or if you just put some kind of covering on, I mean, a surgical mask is, is just the in, intended that the, the person performing, you know, the surgeon performing surgery is not going to have their bodily fluids come out of them and, and potentially end up in the person that the patient that they're working on. Right. Um, difference with like these N95s and these other masks that actually have a little bit more of a protective barrier, um, you know, but they're in such short supply that people are typically, you know, mostly just putting some kind of bandana or some kind of wrap over themselves. So, you know, again, <coughs> even, even if we, we think that like the, the numbers, the numbers are just so hard to go off of right now because the data is just not there. To yeah. actually say that it's sound. So we can't really make these great conclusions. It's like almost any uh, typical study that's out there. We just err on the side of, you know, more research needs to be done. And we really do just need better research and better numbers before we can start to make these things like where, we're, you know, I'm seeing I'm in Maryland, in, D in, in Annapolis, you know, kind of closer to, to D.C., um, that people are trying to like rally and do this, like we're we're breaking out, we're gonna go march, we're gonna go drive our cars, we're gonna like take the streets back, and it's like you're the to the to the conversation to the point of the conversation we're having here of of everyone trying to do their best to take care of everyone, you know, themselves and everyone else. Like that is just uh, it is just so backwards, mm-hmm. you know, thinking we're gonna just reopen the country without testing more people and and you know so that we just don't have a. Uh, you know, as in trying to flatten that curve, it's just going to potentially just keep spiking. Well, when I see things too, like
0: in Florida, they're they're opening up certain beaches. I literally thought that was like onion articles, <laughs> you know, and they're not, it's real. And it, it just makes no sense to me. Um, and even, even the, the sort of preemptive plans that are laid out right now for reopening the economy in certain aspects of, of, you know, or, or just certain states or all states, uh, it's great to plan, of course. Um, but I also think that there's a fine line between planning and then giving early hope to people that this is going to change very quickly. And it's, it, it seems almost, um, I mean, it seems irresponsible to me that these are the conversations that are already starting to occur, even in our own state. Um, because it gets people thinking, especially the ones who don't want to do the research, who, who haven't necessarily been taking it seriously. Um, it's just like, oh, yeah, see, told you. Told you we're, everything's fine now. We're Here we go. Mm-hmm. We're going back. And and I'm going to start doing that right now, because if we're going to do it soon, fuck it. And again, to your point, Justin, we're just going to see another spike. And uh, that's, I mean, that's to be expected. Potentially. Uh, I So, so a, a friend of mine... Um, he's been doing like, if not daily every other day or so, he's been doing these, uh, really just heartfelt, but also kind of funny videos, just like tagging his friends on Facebook. It's not public. It's just like a friend of mine. And he did one the other day where he was like, look, I know that a lot of you are upset and you're afraid and you're pissed off that, they're talking about opening things back up. You know, he's like, I don't want to have to go out there with it being unsafe, but I got to get back out there for work and I got to do stuff. And, you know, it's, it, it's at some point it is going to be essential for me. So I'm ready to face what I have to face to do that responsibly. But his whole point was that being said, if they open things up and you don't feel comfortable, Don't go out. Continue to stay home. If you need to stay home because you're afraid, his whole point was like, I support you. I don't judge you. I'm here for you. Whenever you're ready to go to the movies together, I'll go to the movies with you. When you want to go shopping, I'll go with you the first time if you're scared. I'll hold your hand through it. I'll get you through it. But take your own time. Just because the governor says or whoever says now it's time to get back out there doesn't mean automatically you have to go do it. If you don't feel ready, that's okay. And don't beat yourself up about feeling that way. And I thought that that was a really good message for people to hear. It was a nice reminder. It's like don't get caught up in this wave of of like of fear about reopening anything right now. Just take a step back and be like, "Okay, well sure that's going to happen." check in with yourself first and see how you feel about it. And if you're ready and if you are great, if you're not, no one's going to judge it. You know, I I just, I don't know. I like the way he said it too. He's a funny guy. So.
2: And just because everyone's doing it doesn't mean that you have to do it as well. You know, you can go, you can go very much at your own pace. I, I think it's just, uh, it's just you know letting the experts, and I know that people have often alluded to that that idea of it's not just going to be a light switch where you just flick the light switch and everything's back on. It would be a a rolling out of slowly integrating things back to the way that they once were, and 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 hopefully, Des, to your point, we we will then have illuminated the idea of like, hey, washing your hands after you get the mail or the the stuff that the the person dropped off from FedEx or you know the the post mm-hmm. of office. You know, it it is important to do that because. You don't know what they were doing before when they were touching all these things, but yeah. Again, yeah, no. It, it's it's very important that people do go at their own pace, and and hopefully our leaders are leading with empathy and courage in these moments, and uh, understanding that opening preemptively could be disastrous. Uh, but at some point, of course, we will get to that point where you know something's going to have to give, and they will start to open some things back up, and then you just take you know then you just take it. Uh, whatever you feel is in your best interest, that's how you should approach it.
1: There's an element there. Um, I think there's going to be a very large cultural shift, and I don't want to predict that in any kind of way because I feel that um, predicting too much and trying to like over-analyze some of these situations that we when again we don't have enough information is ca- like essentially counterproductive. But I do think, like for example potentially until the end of the year we may see people just um wearing masks constantly and which is something which i think when you would see a person wearing a mask it would usually make your head turn to be like why well, i wonder why that, per- that person's doing that and not necessarily knowing that for example in asian culture that it's again you doing that for the benefit of everyone else is like i'm going to keep this in essentially rather than just on everyone and you know get everyone else sick it's not about um you getting infected is about infecting others. Um, and I think that, for example, we're going to see a shift in that way. And I don't know how... There is definitely going to be a group of people who are just going to sprint out that door and go to you know a restaurant or a show or whatever it is, and great, because I think there is an element that we kind of need to let people make their own decisions. At, at the end of the day, is like we can collectively try and make um, what makes us feel comfortable, but again that might not make someone else feel comfortable and uh trying to impose our own i think it's basically what you're saying that's like trying to impose what you believe someone else should do is useless because again you're out of sorry uh oh you're good someone tried to call me um oh
2: nice uh,
1: you're yeah like you're 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 then at that point trying to like um do something which is essentially impossible, and I think there are three steps which um, a psychologist called Irvin Yalom talks about quite a lot. Which um, it's try to communicate a, a change in a situation, accept the situation, or leave the situation. Um, and I think that you can basically apply that to any given relationship or um, particular kind of like instance you find yourself in. Is that you can you can you know communicate to someone else i think this is how something should be if they say no then you can either accept that and move on or you can leave that kind of situation and remove yourself from it so you don't have to continue in that way
3: yeah it does first i'm deeply offended you didn't answer my call a minute ago (laughs) Um, but i i think what makes this (laughs) uniquely difficult is that look sure if someone feels like it's it's their their freedoms are being taken away by being told to self quarantine right now uh, to being told that they're, the way they are, you know make a living is not deemed essential i understand being pissed off i understand you know this this internal you know drive to want to do something about it and yeah it's helpful for us to be able to accept the decisions the behaviors the the world views of other people where i have the issue is when those behaviors of other people uh, are directly at, or can directly affect uh, the the health of of their community members, and I, I think that's what makes this so tricky. This idea of uh, yeah, you do you, but that's cool. You know, if you're gonna uh, smoke cigarettes all day long and just eat potato chips and like watch shitty TV, like do you? and suffer the consequences. But uh, if you're going to go put others at risk, uh, that's that's a whole nother conversation. And I think we see this playing out in, in the culture right now. I think the media uh, puts that shit on steroids and makes it seem like it's much more inflamed than the reality may be. Uh, but perception is reality. And for most of us, what we uh, consume on TV or on the internet Ah uh, ends up becoming this thing where we feel like it's truly equal, where there's half of us are being responsible and the other half, in many of our opinions, are not. Uh, I don't think that's quite the. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm putting you, boring you to tears. <laughs> <that>. You're not. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's tricky, and 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 of <clears throat> course, this is going to be a, a cultural shift in many ways. Um, to be as optimistic as I can be, uh, w- one of you referenced earlier. you you know, uh, kind of, this is exposing our relationships, maybe in the home, right? I think stress adversity, uh, exposes who we are. It's exposing us as, as a nation right now, because we're all being stressed. We're all being tested. And in those moments, we kind of figure out how, how real we are, you know, who we really are. Um, because I think that's what adversity does to us. And, uh, the optimistic side of me says that in order to have any sort of change, uh, we need to first get real and and see us for who we are and see the culture, the society for, for what it is. You can't change anything unless you see it. Um, I know soon we'll get into this this model uh, about our own internal process of, of different states of consciousness, but you can't shift any of that within yourself, unless you're aware of it first. So my hope is that in all of the uh, darker ways that society is expressing itself, hopefully this is us getting that poison out, right? Hopefully we're like really drunk and hungover and like we're starting to throw up. And once we throw up, we can begin to feel a bit better. I think at least for me, that's the most optimistic viewpoint I can take right now.
1: I, Yeah, unfortunately, while I definitely agree with what you're saying as a whole, I think the immediate reaction that's going to happen is that people are going, well, there will be a group of people who will sprint out the door without any consideration of anything and just essentially be returned back to normal. And normality won't be normal. And then we're going to go back into, I think psychologically, it's going to be very difficult for people to handle of going, everyone can go out again. And then potentially two or three months down the line going everyone go back inside you can't go out like that is gonna be a much much more difficult thing to handle rather than just holding out a little bit longer um and as i said in terms of that cultural shift there are things that we should be doing to ensure that people are healthy and that people are are able to overcome situations where they aren't able to work so for example in terms of exposing who this country is or any country it's like, how can you look after everyone if all of a sudden no one can work? Um, and how how do we function? How does it? How do we process that? And we we all of us haven't really been forced to be in a situation to consider that until now. And everyone's kind of looking at each other, being like, "Well, what do we do?" Uh, and if, again, for example, it's like if this actually there was a necessity, which again we don't know if this is true or not but there was an absolute necessity for six months or a year, you need to keep human contact down to a absolute minimum. It's like, okay, so now you're saying that now, again, non-essential workers or however it's going to be deemed, you can't go out and do these things. Like you can't have a job. How, how do those people survive? How do you maintain things that, you, you know, you've, met, you've potentially started before and then now in a situation where you're like, well, I bought this car thinking I was going to have a job. Now, I don't have a job. I don't really need the car because I don't I don't need to work. But like how and that has a repercussion for the dealership. It has so many things which we aren't able to have like a one fix all solution. Um, and now we're kind of being forced to be in in that kind of like, OK, well, how how will this happen and how will we? And I think in all honesty, that's why there's such a big drive to go back to normality, because there isn't something in place to fix that.
2: I I think the problem with all of this is just the uncertainty of when, because there is no stamp on, you know, if someone had said six months to your point or one year, that still then brings up all of this anxiety and fear of, okay, well, what do I do for the next six months or one year or whatever that duration of time that someone deems is what we need. And then like all of these kind of rolling, uh, Dates that that have been thrown out, whether it's May first, or you know the school systems are getting pushed back another month, and then whatever date that is in your state, you know it's it's the uncertainty that breeds all of this fear for people. And of course, this is the time where people like us can have these conversations. We can try to do whatever is in our best interest to keep uh, moving forward, right? And I know like. You know, Matt and Dez, you guys are in a great position with GGD that you guys can still sell uh, a product, and it's not. You can sell something that's not physical. It's you can sell software, um, and you're you're really providing a great service to people that that can allow them to to have a little bit of like a respite from from all of this stuff. They can kind of go get lost in something different, which is. Very important right now. But, you know, I I think that we can have these conversations and we can talk about, well, what are you supposed to do? But it's really at at a certain point, it's out of our hands and it becomes now we really need leadership to get just get it together. You know, everyone's got to start to be a bit more on the same page and really start coming up with uh, a plan. That's it. You know, something actionable, something that gives people a little bit more security so that they don't sit here and have because most of it is. Uh, this economic insecurity, right? You need to give people some security because there's so many uh, repercussions and ramifications that can come from this extended period of time of people sitting there, of like, okay, now I'm putting groceries or all these other things on credit cards, and and I'm not sure how I'm going to pay that off. I'm going to have debt in the future. You know, I mean. You want to simulate this economy and then everyone gets this twelve hundred dollars and then there's a, a problem with it. And I hear all these people are calling for unemployment, but but the systems aren't there. The systems are overwhelmed. I mean, you know, it's like you can have these conversations until you're blue in the face, and then the reality sets in of like there's not as much that we can do except, you know, in trying to act locally, uh, just waiting on the people that we've appointed in these positions to step up and be courageous enough to try to make a difference, you know, and try to not save everyone, but just at least give people some more sense of security with everything that's going on. It's not an easy job. It's (laughs) not even close.
0: I don't envy it, especially with so many opinions out there and so many different potential solutions and ways to go about it. And then people that are against those solutions, you know, I've seen some things that to me make a lot of sense, that I don't really have a problem with. And then I'll see somebody completely arguing the other side of it, you know, saying that it's uh draconian or it's, um, or authoritarian. You know, it's, right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, mm-hmm. it, but at the same time, like, you know, if somebody has already experienced it and is clear putting, give them a green bracelet to wear right. for a temporary period of time as we reopen, I don't, personally think that that's the same thing as a scarlet letter um, or as a tattoo um, of a number on your arm i don't think that is the same thing at all it is a means <clears throat> to end temporarily to open things up i get why people are against that um, especially when you look at it from a, a big brother perspective but W- come up with an idea that is easier and more and more cost effective than that and i'm all for it i just don't
2: know what that would be we're seeing that model in places like china and then others are adopting that same model where like your qr code on your phone they can scan it they can see that you're either green yellow or red i believe is, is the way that they denote it and uh they, they can text you If you've been potentially in close proximity or in contact with someone who now has tested positive and lights up red, you know, and I I heard someone make the argument that, uh, you know, in in if if history kind of serves, that once you kind of relinquish and give that kind of control, they tend to the government and other officials tend to not give it back. Right. They're tracking Um, you anyway, though, and they have been for sure. 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 And and, and I, I think that you can even dwindle this down to, to you know, even smaller counties or, or smaller subsects of, of the country and other countries um, can operate almost in like their own kind of sovereign state. And you, if you can get enough testing for everyone, then you just come up with some kind of protocol that, you know, someone is, is positive, has been exposed or negative, you know, I mean, and, and of course, these are all uh, great ideas, as long as we have what we need which is as long as we have enough testing to test everyone yeah and without and without that yeah. and it becomes still a, a a capitalistic thing where we're we're offering this up to these private uh companies and no one's coming forth with the with the capital to
1: actually fund it then we're still up shit's creek so i think um like i don't know how much you guys have paid much attention to how the uk has been dealing with this but it's interesting because the fundamental issue with all of this is the idea of freedom and those freedoms being taken away from you and i remember seeing like the first like prime minister um talk on COVID. it was it was essentially just kind of like the language that he used was basically implying we're not going to tell you what to do you should do this but it's up to you that was kind of like the initial kind of thing and then people didn't really listen to that or let's say a group of people didn't really listen to that and they, they kind of went one step further, but didn't ever go to the point of saying you have to stay inside. Whereas countries who are probably dealing with this better than anyone else are authoritarian like um, regimes or political establishments or whatever. And it's like, well, yeah, there are these benefits to that uh, in, in these situations to have someone just be able to step in and go, I'm telling you what to do. And if you don't do it, we'll kill you anyway. That's kind of like you know or put you in prison which apparently i think it's like the philippines has an overrun uh prison system right now because they're just arresting people who go outside so um do you want that world and it's and and this is the kind of thing which is for if there was a benevolent dictator then it could be great but that's never existed and we've never kind of like come across that situation so i think the us has the same kind of issue is that if someone just came in and said which is why things like the Florida beaches opening or Michigan or um, these other states kind of like protesting. It's like you're taking away my freedom rather than going, you're actually telling me something because I don't have the um, I'm not in a position to decide for myself, essentially. And again, kind of goes back to all of this stuff as you kind of in, in the positions that we're in, which we're not making decisions for other people. You can only control what you can control. And if someone is doing something stupid, just walk away from it rather than engage with it, because most of the time you're just going to be arguing with someone who doesn't want to hear what you want to say. Um, yep.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I a friend of mine who is going to work. Be like, yeah, stop by today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, stop I'm good. Actually,
0: <laughs> why not? Because it's probably the safer thing to do not to. That's <laughs> stupid. Why is it stupid? Because people are telling you what to do when you're listening. No, I'm making that decision myself because I'm seeing what's happening and I am okay with giving up my own personal freedom or, se- or, or level of freedom to have a different kind of freedom. But you're I'm- making
1: that decision though. That's the key yeah, part. I, I,
0: yeah. Right. I'm making the decision to have freedom and be healthy and still like enjoy life right now instead of go out for what, and then potentially feel like shit or get really sick or get somebody else sick. I mean, it's just like, I don't know. That's the common sense aspect of it that, that to me I wish could, could be a little bit more apparent with people um, and, and more widespread because comments, if you're looking at it from that perspective, you know, if everybody's okay with a sort of label on each other, so that everybody can know where everybody stands in terms of their status for a temporary period of time, that helps you make a better decision for yourself to then, you know, do what's right for you. If you see that and you still want to go out, there's not much that we can say. Um, if you choose to stay in, then whatever. I, you, I, I know what you're going to say, but go ahead. Go ahead.
1: The, the question is where do you draw the line? And then also going back to it, going to like this idea that I've brought up about, like a cultural shift that's needed in before this pandemic when you've had the flu or you've had a, a cold or you've had whatever how often does that really affect the decision that you make to go i'm not going to go outside or i'm not going to affect other people i think most of the time it's like i'm just too sick to do anything i'm going to stay at home but you i think that a lot of people don't necessarily have it in their head to say i shouldn't be in a public space necessarily because again the flu might not kill me but it may kill someone else. And me just going, well, I have the flu and I'm, I'm just going to take a bunch of meds and just go out anyway. It's like, well, culturally, I'm not I'm not attacking any of us. I know that I've done it. I've, I've been sick. And the thing that keeps on coming to my mind is uh, being on tour and being on right. a like tour bus. And it's just like, well, you can't go anywhere. You are going to get sick. right? And then what you're doing is you're going to go and talk to fans. And obviously, you'll probably be like, I for, for your sake, I don't want to shake your hand. But... You know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think these, all of that, like what's going on right now, is like compartmentalized into touring experiences for me right now because I keep on just going through that thing of exposure in in whatever way. But yeah, like oh yeah, culturally, culturally, that we probably should have a thing which is something to be said about wearing a mask when you have a cold or when you have a cough or when you have the flu, just in general, because if you want to go and go and use public transport you might infect 30 other people when you go onto that bus um however again it's like how long would it potentially take us culturally to accept something like that and this might be an instigator for that that might be like the thing that will kind of bring people to kind of the realization that actually this is a way to be more aware and less selfish in these ways um and I, yeah, sorry, I just wanted to jump in and just kind of say, like, I, it's just something which has come to mind. This is a huge, huge thing that we're, we're aware of. And then, you know, going back to, like, why you should wash the cans of Coke that you buy or whatever. It's like, is someone washing those before you drink them? No, you don't know where it's been. It's like, not to sound like a Jewish mother, which my Jewish mother would already to be saying to me right now, but those are the things that you kind of need to be aware of. Because, again, you can, you ha- you can control your environment. You can't control everything else around you.
2: Yeah, you I feel know, like our our Jewish mother wouldn't tell us to do that.
1: Yeah,
3: <laughs> I think the irony is is that a lot of people our age are now like telling our our Jewish mothers, uh, <laughs> like, "Yo, this is kind of important right now. Pay
2: attention." Yeah, we're yeah. more neurotic than they are. It's become that they, they taught
1: us well to be that neurotic. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. It's it's Becoming a nice uh, it's a nice sort of
0: three sixty yeah or 180 I should say flipping it um well okay we don't have much time um but let's let's briefly kind of dig into this uh diagram that many people have seen I'll share my screen in a second um we've talked to i mean just naturally have talked about a lot of this stuff that's on this diagram already through our conversation today um but if if people haven't seen it, maybe this is a good sort of uh, thing to look at or take a screenshot of themselves. If they're watching the video of this, I'm sure they can find this. We'll, we'll post it in our, in our Facebook group, Jordan. I don't know if you already did. Yeah, about a
3: week it's ago or group. so, and there was a, a, a good response to it, which I think helped inspire me to want to bring it to the conversation in one of the episodes.
0: Cool. Yeah, I mean, it's – I think it's a really – oh, shit, you know what? so i can't share my screen because settings it will cut me off so jordan uh, jordan now knows how to do it oh yeah but i'm not gonna try right now yeah well okay okay. so so we'll have joe post the uh picture of it and if anybody wants to look at it we'll we'll save it as an announcement in the facebook group do you guys have it readily available in front of you to look at though yep everybody Mm -hmm. and even Uh, for those just like you know what in the car
3: doing whatever just listening like I'll just give a really brief overview. It's a graphic I found uh, uh, a a little while back and I found it to be helpful. Uh, It's encouraging to see that it's continued to be, you know, passed through social media. I have not found uh, the person to credit this and it seems like that's kind of a mystery, Uh, but essentially this graphic has uh, uh, three different zones, okay? And and the title is, uh, who do I want to be during COVID-19? Uh, And the three zones are broken down into fear zone, learning zone, and growth zone. And essentially, for me, I interpret that as these are uh, states of being, states of mind, states of of consciousness. Uh, That will change from moment to moment. Uh, You know, throughout my day, I'm vacillating between these three different zones. Uh, So for the fear zone, uh, a a couple of the the quotes here would be... uh, I get mad easily. I grab food, toilet paper, and medications that I don't need. I spread emotions related to fear and anger. So that's the fear zone. Uh, The next step uh, would be learning zone. So so, some statements there. I start to give up what I can't control. I identify my emotions. Uh, I evaluate information before spreading
0: something false. And read the bottom one there because we've, we've talked about that a lot today, um, which is I, I recognize – this is the, the quote. I recognize that we all are trying to do our best. It's what you're talking about, recognizing with trust that hopefully everybody, the mailman, the person at the restaurant, the person at the grocery store is trying to do their best and giving that benefit of the doubt through optimism, right, and through trust.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's important. Um, and yeah, seek out this graphic here because there's, there's six statements for each of these zones. So, so we went from fear zone to learning zone and then uh, the last is growth zone. So a couple here. I make my talents available to those who need them. Uh, I think of the others and see how to help them. Uh, I am empathetic with myself and with others. So I, I think for me, uh, in my own process of self-development, uh, the, the first key, the step is always awareness. Okay. I think the the practice right now is just at any given moment throughout our day, taking a pause and asking yourself, where am I right now? If, if you're going to use a, a graphic like this as, as a useful tool or model. And it's really simple just to be objective, to, to just ask yourself, which zone am I in right now? Where am I operating? Fear, learning or growth? The key is to not beat ourselves up for an answer that we don't like. Okay. Uh, Self-love is is the whole game in in, in self-development. So I I think one of the reasons why it's so helpful to do an exercise like this is because the gift of self-awareness gives us the gift of choice in how we want to operate. So if I'm noticing that 80% of my day or 80% of the times I check in with myself, I'm operating from that fear zone. Well, that's really good information uh, that may help me consider uh, what do what work do I need to do uh, to start shifting to either the learning or the growth zones. If you do this shit like every day, uh, those days turn into weeks, weeks turn into months, and so on. Eventually, we can uh, fundamentally shift which one of these zones are going to be like our default setting. Okay, Um, and we can figure out uh, what are the breadcrumbs that we can lead to get back to a growth zone. Because understanding that there are things that are gonna happen, we may get triggered by what someone says. We may read a a news headline that's fearful. Uh, For a lot of us, when we wake up in the morning, we're often starting from a place that's uh, a, a bit more unconscious and less desirable. So understanding that when I'm in that fear zone, if we start leaving breadcrumbs, a trail back to the growth zone, uh, the more we repeat that, uh, that then we're, uh, we're playing that rhythm, we're playing that pattern. And, and the rhythms and patterns that we continue to play out uh, end up being strengthened. This is how we change uh, the biochemistry of our brain. This is how we change our behaviors through habit formation. Um, so breadcrumbs uh, for me may be having a, uh, something written down, Uh, right next to bed. And maybe that's one of these statements from the growth zone. So immediately when you wake up, you read that statement and that can reorient you back to a growth zone. Uh, For some people, it may be a a specific scent. So like a candle uh, or a specific song. These are breadcrumbs that just lead us back to reorienting to uh, a more desirable state. Um, And to be honest, like I can't really think of more valuable work than our own self-development because that affects everything, the relationships, the work we do, uh, the ways in which, uh, we, we interact with the world. It all starts from within. And at least for me, uh, and it seems a lot of people around the world, this graphic has done a really nice job of, uh, (coughs) visualizing, uh, and and creating a model of this internal process for us.
0: When I look at this model, um, the learning zone to me seems like definitely the most important. And again, that's just in my opinion. Um, But I, because it allows you to look back and allows you to look forward. Right. Um, And when I look at it, it truly is about self-awareness, which is the starting point of so much growth for any human being. Um, So if you are reading this, I guess the point I'm trying to make is, um, start maybe with that zone, you know, um, and, and I'll, I'll, as an example, like take a second to say, I'm going to identify my emotions, which is one of the, the quotes or the statements in the learning zone. Okay. Well, what does that actually mean? I, that means I have to stop for a second. I have to think about from a sort of, um, you know, uh, objective stance, what am I feeling right now? And then ask, why am I feeling that right now? Which leads you back to that fear zone. Right. And then thinking about, okay, once you identify why you're feeling it, you ask, do I want to keep feeling it? Is it a good feeling? Okay. Well, how can I do something now to get out of that feeling beyond identifying my emotions? And that sort of takes you into that growth zone, in my opinion, about doing something about it. Right. Um, I think a really important one here, two of them are uh, I evaluate information before spreading something false, right? So, uh, and this is something that Des and I have done plenty of times and and we all have done it too, but like, you know, I'll ping Des, hey, you know, did you see this? Did you see this headline? We were talking about this a lot. We were uh, about to travel to the UK before we had to cancel our trip. Um, You know, did you see this? And it's very important to talk about it in that sense, because we were trying to make a business decision. Um, but I, I guess my point is like talking about it with one person that you trust and bouncing that information off somebody and doing the research and, you know, kind of sharing it with one or two people is a lot different than going on Facebook and going, Oh my God, did you see this? Boom, posted out there spreading false information and fear and taking people into that fear zone instead of taking people, um, actually into the growth zone by spreading more research or not spreading information at all that you don't need to spread, you know? Um, and then again, <laughs> for me right now is just recognizing that everybody is trying to do their best because we do have to put faith in people, you know, and, and we're, it's not even just those in, in our immediate circles. It's not even just my wife or my family. It is the Instacart driver that's going out and shopping and picking up my food. It is the, um, the, the mailman, right? And it is the person boxing up my Amazon packages um, when they're delivered. It is my doctor. It is, uh, I, I could go on and on. I mean, it, you know, the pharmacist who, who's preparing my prescriptions. Living in a fear state, worrying about what all of those people are doing, is not going to change the fact that I need to have access to those people. And you're not going to be able to just like explicitly ask every single one of those people, Hey, what are you doing? Are you doing this? Are you washing your hands? Are you sanitizing? Are you wearing a mask? Are you, are are you sick? Are you safe? You kind of just have to have some sort of faith. And then again, make a decision then in the growth zone that you can control what you can control. So when that package comes or that prescription comes or those groceries arrive, you kind of have to say, well, I hope they did well. But either way, I'm going to take this extra step now to protect myself and my family. So, again, I, I don't know. I think starting with the learning zone <coughs> and asking yourself how that a- appeals to the fear that you've had, but then also how you can get creative with growing from that and doing something positive is a good uh, is a good way to look at this. So I, I don't know if you guys feel that way, but um, – Yeah, go
1: ahead. I was going to say there's two things from my perspective – um, and I'm, I'm kind of happy that there is, like, that COVID is a vehicle for this, but I almost feel that this diagram would be pretty usefully put out to people as who do I want to be, as just a, a question in general. Um, and then the other side of it, from my perspective, is um, I would almost prefer, if, uh, from a visualization point, that there was a gradient between these different areas rather than, like, stark differences between, essentially, like, zone one, two, and three that there is a constant meshing of these areas and that um, i think that what we need to ask ourselves most times like am i actually self-aware like am i aware of what i'm doing to myself to other people what i'm presenting to other people and i know that i can say for myself and i'm definitely not past this is that i'm a lot of the time preoccupied with judging other people or telling people this is how you can do something else rather than actually doing it um in my own mental kind of like um practices and for me personally i would say that i would almost prefer to be constantly in the learning zone and accepting that as that there is this thing which is a causation that is making me learn and then there is a you know an output on the other side which is that growth but constantly feeling like i am learning rather than going cool i've done it i'm good now i've grown like i I, i'm past this it's like no there is constant like you shouldn't be upset about the fact that uh who you were or who you're going to be in a day's time to who you're going to be in in a year's time is it just is important to to realize this is a constant movement and once you get to like I don't want to make it feel like you like there are tears but like just that that self-awareness will eventually get to a point which I know that for my personally like personally now I try my best and this doesn't always work is to not judge other people, even if they're doing things which make me angry, or I want to say something to them to say that you're affecting, like essentially being the police of coming in and being like, you realize that you're fucking with someone else's life right now by doing what you're doing is uh, to take a step back and almost be accept- accepting in the fact that if you were that person molecule for molecule, which is this concept is very much taken from Sam Harris's book, free will, you would do exactly the same thing that they're doing. And that in that understanding, and this, that you should definitely read the book, it's only hundred pages, but there's a lot of really good information in there. But that specific kind of concept has definitely helped me being happier in general because I'm not constantly like angry at people in the world. And it, to that thing of recognizing that we are all trying to do our best has a different meaning. Someone trying their best for one person may mean that they're still doing things which are bad essentially but you need to accept that that is the best they can do in this current situation and again concentrate on yourself rather than other people which is definitely i know from my myself i can say that that's been a huge thing over the last few years of like self-development of actually focusing on on myself rather than going i can pinpoint all the issues with someone else um yeah that i i think is a really useful thing to kind of have that um to be aware of it is a huge thing because you may be doing this without necessarily being aware of it and realizing how you can actually progress just by understanding the process is a huge thing
2: yeah well said i just want to yeah i was going to chime in real quick but yeah quick disclaimer i can hear someone's cutting the grass out here so if it gets too bad i'll just mute the mic again but uh (laughs) I just wanted to share quickly you know i was i was going to echo and uh the same sentiments that you said that I, I do think that the for anyone who ends up not seeing the graphic it starts with a the the blue blurb of uh with this darker hue that's who do i want to be during COVID 19 and of course i think you could easily swap that out for who do i want to be and then there are a couple things on here like i grab food toilet paper and medications that i don't need that you could then remove and you could Turn this into your own, uh, you know, kind of diagram to go off of and have your own practice with. But, you know, I, I do think the way that it, it somewhat does blur the lines between uh, the the initial uh, focus and then the other three stages is that it, it does go in these different hues of blue going from a, a you know, kind of a darker blue to then more of like an opaque clear blue at the end, you know, and I I do think it's very easy that, you know, you don't have to look at this uh, for anyone who's going to look at this and maybe try to practice from it and learn from it. Um, You know, you you can always blur the lines and kind of uh, weave between them and you can go in and out of, you know, checking in with the fear zone into the growth zone or back to the learning zone. You know, it's not that you necessarily have to go a one, two, three step to take yourself from... Where am I currently assessing? And then, okay, now I need to move on from this to the next one. I mean, it's, you know, of course the practice is your own and, and you know, we should always be going back and forth to Matt's point, uh, you know, thinking maybe that the learning zone is the, the most important and kind of staying in there. You know, of course you could go from there right back to the fear zone. And we know that how quickly everything changes. Uh, and if the the tracks are not set in the brain, it's easy for us to then rewire. You know, if we don't have, to, to Jordan's points, the crumbs, to kind of help us get from, from point to point, it's easy for us to end up uh, reverting back to some of these old practices or old habits. So, you know, just uh, for anyone who maybe doesn't see it, um, you know, I, I think, Jordan, I think you gave a, a really good overview, and I think, Matt, you illuminated some of the, the other points on here uh, really well. But, you know, any of the points that that were shared, you can obviously then make that your own practice. and. Uh, it doesn't have to be a thing that you just keep progressing forward. You can regress and then, you know, uh, learn a new skill set or or a, a new way to to kind of shift the frame and then keep moving forward. Yep, agreed. Yeah. Oh, and should I share quickly that because we weren't sure where it came from, but uh, I looked it up, and and I I tried to uh, loosely translate it because it uh, it looks like this is a, uh, a Hispanic uh, podcast. Uh, and it's either parte de aguas or as one word or it's separated as parte aguas which is either watershed or water part maybe it's part water maybe it has to do with humans not really sure but it came from a podcast uh, and and they've been getting coverage left and right you know news media coverage uh, you know large influencers with with big platforms uh, it's it's been shared heavily and and I think for for good reason
0: yeah, let's, let's – maybe, um, Jordan, if you can make an, an announcement post in the Facebook group, if you know how to do that. Um, <laughs> that I figured out, Matt. All right, good. Just making sure. Cool. All right. Well, let's um, let's bring it to a close. Uh, anybody who does want to look at this, um, if you want to go to our Facebook group, it is facebook.com slash groups slash chocolate croissants. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're always there. Jordan has been very active as of late. Um, props to him because it's it's started up some very positive, good conversations for people. And I think that's, that's fantastic. Um, Des, thank you for chiming in on all this and sharing your experience. It's always helpful. I think the more perspectives that we help to get out there to anybody who's listening uh, is undoubtedly a positive thing because uh, we're all going through it in our own way and you never know what is going to resonate. So thank you for sharing. Um, Mm. Yeah, no worries. But yeah, cool. So uh, anything else before Jordan brings us home? Jordan, do you want to take us out?
3: Sure. Um, I'd like to say uh, for this episode, um, Des, you you definitely get best mustache of, of the group award uh justin best set design today and and matthew best use of the word draconian well done everyone Um,
2: (laughs) i can't tell if you're being uh sarcastic or not he's being dead serious yeah serious. i'll advocate on his behalf dead serious excellent okay cool yeah thank you
3: this is my charm
2: draconian it is yep Uh, yeah, we'll see you all
3: in the Facebook group this week. Uh, I'm there. It means a lot to me to have that connection with, with all of you around the globe. So if if you have not yet, uh, started a thread commented anything, uh, please feel free to do that. Uh, I'm going to start a new share your shit thread next Friday. Justin and I are in a band called reindeer. We have a music video coming out next Friday. So that will be the start of the share your shit thread. And that is where you can share any of your creative projects, um, just to keep it nice and neat in the Facebook group and not into some like spam, uh, kind of, uh, cesspool. Uh, I love you all. Uh, here's what I'll say. Uh, reach out to someone you haven't talked to in the past couple weeks, uh, ask how they're doing and actually give a fuck, uh. To give them the space for an honest answer. Uh, I think that's one of the healthiest things that we can not only offer to someone else, but if it comes from a place of generosity, it's one of the healthiest things we can give to ourselves as well. Uh, That's all. I hope you all have a good week. We'll be back. And until next time, a bye-bye!